time I ate your chicken taco? Oh, like Tuesday? <laughs> <laughs> that will be ingrained in my mind forever. The, the, the I just, missed out that on it that. just like disappeared on you? That I yeah. just like stealthily... Like, hey, Ryan, was that my chicken taco? Yeah. 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 I mean, <laughs> and then I thought nothing of it. I, I don't know why. I think it was I didn't hear you order it, so I was like, oh, bonus taco. <laughs> Welcome to wherever you are. My name is Ryan McNeil in Toronto, Canada. You are listening to episode 218 of the Matinee Cast. It's the movie-loving podcast on my movie-loving website, thematinee.ca. Your home for cinematic passion and perspective. I say 218 for real this time because I got all mixed up in myself last time when I was doing my introduction and introduced episode 216 again when it was actually episode 217. So please pardon the uh, slight mess of uh, sequence, but uh, we're happy to have you. Um, and I'm happy to have you on what's been a really happy week around these parts mm -hmm. um in large part due to my guest um my guest who who you know at one point asked is this going to be too much of me for this given week <laughs> um but it's it's been good we had the aforementioned tacos including the yes. pilfered uh, chicken taco um we we saw we saw a great band play on tuesday night and yep, were more than likely the oldest people in the room i think uh, close to which yeah. I, which it's, it's weird. I stand at the back. Yeah, like. I, I was gonna say I thought I'd be. I thought, <laughs> I'd, be I'd, I thought I'd feel weird about it. I was actually okay with yeah, it. Yeah, it was fine. You know, just kind of stand and stand. Just let the youngins jump up and down. Yeah, yeah, do their thing and sing along and bounce. <laughs> That's cool. I'll stand at the back and take my pictures exactly. of the band, not of the youngins. Um, and then uh, you know saw saw a movie that we're gonna talk about today and had a podcast and it's been good times. Um, that's why uh, I consider myself a lucky person to have a friend like this who will spend a whole week with me and not uh, grumble. Not all my days off. Right? I, I have been just a complete suck on your time. Your boyfriend must be wondering what the living hell is going on. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for it. He's all right. You'll see him on Tuesday. So. Nice. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a great time to be here on this show um, for a movie that we're both really excited about. Uh, a week that we both just had a lot of excitement with. My guest uh, today um, is a dear friend of the show, dear friend of mine, writes on liveforfilm.com. Hillary Butler is here today. How are you, Hillary Butler? I'm good. I'm still like recovering from yes from all the excitement right? of the week. From, it's it's gonna like I have very little plans next week. Like we're gonna apparently the bunch of us are gonna go for drinks, but beyond that I got no plans and I feel yep. like I'm gonna no just plans. crash. Yeah. I'm gonna get to like Wednesday or Thursday and I'm just gonna start going squirrely. It's been like adrenaline week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's gonna be a little hard. Do not adjust your set. The uh, music that you're hearing on this show is different than the normal music. Uh, the movie that we're gonna be talking about today has a uh, rather bouncy, happy joyful soundtrack and the songs that you're hearing are songs from that soundtrack so we're going to give the national franz ferdinand and the like rest today in the name of nirvana and um no doubt and um, elastica elastica and One other of my such favorite bands. songs i got from the 90s. I was gonna say, i got lots to choose from so uh, we're just going to have some fun with that soundtrack on 218 we will be discussing captain marvel and flipping the record over to play the other side but first we need to learn more about hillary this is know your enemy screw-ups, I did kind of screw this one up a little oh, bit. Oh no, don't tell uh, me you're giving me different questions. Not a yes and no. So I had it in my, it, see we were such good friends that I had it in my head 
that you'd been on the show three times. In putting together my show notes this morning, after giving you your prep, I realized that you'd only been on two full episodes, not three. Uh And I realized that a whole year went by in between your last appearance. I thought you'd been a on lot last of time. year. Yeah. yeah so, so it's been a while. So Hillary will be answering the fourth round of questions oh, when she yeah. should be answering the third round. We'll do the third round we'll when we come it up. Out. For, yeah, exactly. Anywho, Hillary first appeared on episode 146. We talked about Room. How's that for symmetry? Oh, yeah. We learned that the first <laughs> film she'd ever seen in a theater was The Magic Flute. The last film she'd seen at the time was Suffragette. The worst movie she'd ever seen at the time was Passion, Brian De Palma's movie. The unseen classic or essential was Silence of the Lambs. Still? Oh, yeah. No, I won't okay. watch that. <laughs> I've fil- read the book, though, just gotcha. to redeem myself. Okay. All right. Yeah. And the film that she wished she'd made was The Martian. Then, on episode 184, we talked about Wind River. We learned the film that she digs that everybody else hates is Cloud Atlas. The film everybody else likes that she does not is Under the Skin. Still true. The film to make her cry was Age of Adeline, which is probably also still Still true. Still true, yeah. The movie of her life she wanted to be played by Emma Stone, and the movie she was watching next was Personal Shopper, which did not scare you. Totally didn't. Nice. And was great. So time for... Round Good, I'm glad four. I haven't like doubled up on any of my answers. Yeah, Thanks which, for the reminder. No problem. <laughs> which will actually serve as your own round three. Hilary Butler, what is the film you really dig but you never want to watch again? The Hunt. So. Oh, <laughs> man. Okay. Did you see that one? I, I did. saw it at TIFF. Yeah. Actually, I saw it in the room with Roger Ebert was his last oh, wow. TIFF. Okay. Um, strange fact right. but uh yeah the the hunt is a movie that i absolutely it was i think like my first or second film that tiff okay. year actually and i loved it but it is like the hardest film to watch and so i never want to watch it again i want to say that was about 2012 2013 then yes. about yes. 2013 so it was, I yeah i think it was the 2012 tiff yeah. but it got released in 2013 right tell people about this movie because i kind of feel like a lot of people may have forgotten about it or they might not have seen it Yep, which which would be fair because I don't actually know how widely it did get released. But yeah. um, so it, it's uh, it stars Mads Mikkelsen. Um, it is directed by Thomas Vinterberg. Yep. And basically, he plays like a primary school teacher that gets accused of a very horrific crime. Basically, it's kind of about his time in town and the mob mentality um, that takes over. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's actually innocent yeah. of this crime. And when we say he gets cur- like accused of a horrific co- crime, he specifically gets accused of uh, sexually abusing a child. Correct. Which, I mean, you know, you think about it, the second anybody brings that up, it's your, your goose is cooked no matter whether you did yeah. it or not. Absolutely. Um, and it's great. It's an incredible movie. It's, hard, it's, it's a really tough watch, yeah. but I think people should see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you'll never want to watch it again. <laughs> there's, there's no reason well, to put yourself through. No, and I mean, the wild thing about it is you don't hear anything. Or sorry, you don't see anything. No. It's not like, it's not like you know, you're watching a situation that's uncomfortable unfold and you want to look away because it's, it's a guy and a kid. Oh, like, yeah, it's, no, it's not at all. It's just discussion. Yeah. But it's, it's so tough to endure. And also, like, the, the power of accusation against mm-hmm. a person yeah. you know and how that grows and yeah. how especially in this small community because it is a small town that it kind of happens in rumors spread mm-hmm. like wildfire mm-hmm. and he is basically put up for trial in the town before yeah. anyone can yeah. say that he might be innocent yeah it's i mean it's a crazy film because 
it's like every year it just seems like it's relevant again mm-hmm. right and yet you don't want to cloud the issue of very real accusations with a story about a false accusation of course you know it, it kind of reminds me of there's a Murakami book I read last year that I loved but I thought to myself, I don't, re- I don't ever want to be like discussing this book or recommending this book because it's a story that involves a false accusation of rape. And I'm like, I, I know that this happens. I'm not going to say that that doesn't happen, but that's not where we need to be clouding our vision right mm-hmm. now. So, I mean, just even in that respect, even if it's not for the uncomfortableness of the tale, the way that it muddies the water is a way I wouldn't want to go back to it. Yeah, I mean, I guess it does uh, walk a fine line. Mm-hmm. Mm. I guess, I mean, watching it in 2012, I didn't really have that kind of thought process watching it. I guess I suppose you might now. Yeah. Um, but I'll never watch it again. No, so no, that's, that's, a good, that's a really good answer. That might be, that's one of the best answers I've had for that question. Uh, <laughs> this could be a while, but uh, choose just one film, Hillary <laughs> Butler, and tell me what is a movie that genuinely freaked you out? So Ryan knows everything freaks me out. Um, <laughs> I do not do horror. Like, you I ask, startle at, like, a broom falling off the, you know? I do. Yeah. I do. Um, and I ask Ryan for his opinion before I watch anything that might be slightly scary to make sure that I can handle it. Right. Like, Annihilation. I was That was okay. Personal Shopper. Good. Get Out. Great. Loved that movie. I feel like I'm, like, going to, like, lose my cred one day and you're going to get freaked out by something where I'm like, no, it's fine. And I'm just, you're, you're going to lose all trust in me. No, it'll, it'll be fine. Gotcha. Um... So, embarrassingly, the movie that still freaks me out is something from when I was, like, 10 or 11, I think, um, which I still haven't seen in its entirety. I won't watch it. Okay. Edward Scissorhands. What? Yeah, I know. Really? I know it is not a horror movie. Okay. But even still, if I see a depiction of Johnny Depp in his garb, it freaks me out. Have to flip the page of the magazine or... Uh. Past okay, it. let's let's get into this here for a second. <laughs> is it it's something about like the way he looks? Is it the hands yeah. themselves? Oh yeah. So I, I'm pretty sure, and I think I have the timing right on this, or at least this is how it is in my brain, that I saw the trailer for that movie when my parents took me to go see Home Alone. Sounds about right. And it wasn't a trailer that should probably have been before Home Alone <laughs> for a sensitive child like myself. Okay, okay. I was never the same. Okay. And then I had to avoid the TV commercials and everything, so it is just like, yeah. Wow. I, I mean, know, it's not a movie that anyone would expect would no, freak me I, out. No, but I mean, but it's it like, you're, you're, yeah, you're, you're talking about <laughs> like something, it's, it's, it's like the nails on the chalkboard, right? Basically. Yeah. And it just um, keeps coming back. For some reason, people love his character, and yeah. so it just won't disappear. No, no. Thanks, Tim I mean, Burton, for all my nightmares. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, I, I'm sure anybody listening to this is probably going to agree with me and say, I think you can handle it, and, and because it's such a sweet story. It is, it's It's not even like a Beauty and the Beast kind of story. It's so sweet. It's just him. I know. And I know. now and that it's... Listen, like, I'm not going to twist your arm. And when it's a childhood trauma, I think yeah, that it no, makes no, it, it worse. It, oh, it absolutely, it absolutely <laughs> positively like, does. Because um, I know it's not a horror movie, and I could list you and all these yeah, 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 things, no, but I horror mean, movies that... We, I don't think we've ever got into that show, that on this show about, like, people's phobias and how that works into what go. they There's see. like... 
you know, like episode five questions. Probably, yeah, probably, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah. What, what is the phobia that you see embodied on film? Can definitely tell you. I did not expect that answer, and haven't got that one before. Um, all right, let's flip the script. What is a film that always makes you laugh? Austin Powers. Any of them. <laughs> Any, any of them but mo- more especially the first one but i will watch any of them and i don't i don't actually repeat watch a lot of movies okay. i find that there's there's too many films out there that i want to watch yeah. and i don't have enough time to watch them so right. i don't repeat watch but if i catch awesome powers on tv it stays on so it's, and it still makes me giggle <laughs> um it's, that's not something that's been watered down for you in terms of like how much it's been quoted and bandered about in conversation over the years. No, really, it, I find that endearing okay. because it is part of my like conversation. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So and and like and seriously, all of them because I actually found that when I watched those. I felt like that was diminishing returns. I felt like by the time we got around to Goldmember, I was like, eh. Oh, sure. Like, I mean, yeah, you're, you're right. But, but there's still, still if stuff I can, in Goldmember. Exactly. But okay. if I can put it on, it'll still make me laugh. But definitely the first one. Is there a moment in Even particular Even still, like, really when I'm, you? like, backing out of a parking space and I can't quite make it, <laughs> right. I'm like, oh, I'm totally Austin-powering this situation. <laughs> and you drive a Mini. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> happen often. Gonna... <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you can't do that with a Mini. I feel like you have to lose your license. No, no. Um, I'm a good driver. Um, At least I'm surprising you with all of my you answers. Are. I, I, this, I like the, it. You know, it's, it's, this, this is why we're still Dare to be different. Four years, I'm still learning about <laughs> you. Um, Hillary Butler, what is your favorite movie soundtrack? So this was hard because I didn't know where we were aiming for. Anywhere. It's your, so, it's your question, man. So I waffled. I was like, should I go, like, totally score and go, like, Gladiator? Because that is one of my favorite film scores. But I'm still going to stick with one of my favorite movies and do a curated soundtrack, which is that for Garden State. Uh, yes. Because it is one of my favorite movies, and it has a great track by Coldplay, The Shins. It's got Fru Fru in there, which led me to love Imogene Heap, which Mm -hmm. led me to one of my favorite albums of the mid-2000s. Yeah. Which was hers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, that soundtrack. I mean, that soundtrack. Thank you, Zach Braff, for that soundtrack. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, it, it's he, he's a guy who didn't really do as much with, with his career as I thought he was going to do mm-hmm. coming out of that and coming out of Scrubs. Um, but at the very least, he gave everybody a really nice mixtape out of the whole thing. Um, you know, it's got that iconic moment when Sam puts the headphones on Andrew's head and is like, you got to listen to this one song, it'll totally yep. change your life. I bet you every dude in the world wants to meet a man who picks a dream girl that plays them that song. Um, I keep looking for that soundtrack on vinyl. I've never found it. A very gentle indie rock soundtrack. Yep, absolutely. You know. It's easy to listen to, applicable to many situations. It is. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one for sure. And it's. I'd be interested to see how that movie and that soundtrack have aged. Like we're coming up. It's like 15 years old now. Yeah. You know, yeah. Time Th- flies. Thanks. Thanks for sorry, reminding us. Sorry. Yeah. But I'd be like, I'd be, I'd be curious. <laughs> even just that movie, I'd be curious how the whole thing plays to somebody who's never seen it before. Yeah, actually, it, I mean, I, I told her I was totally going to throw her under the bus. So I work with a very like with a 23 year old, mm. and I actually gave her a copy of it recently to watch. She hasn't watched it yet, but okay. I am going to be very interested to see what her reaction is because I guess like I was probably like around that age when I saw it. Garden State. I think it was 2003. 2004. 2004? So 24. Yeah. Maybe 23. So that movie like spoke to me so deeply at that time in my life and yeah. she's in that exact right oh, okay. Okay. time frame. Okay. So I wonder whether it'll speak the same to her as it did to me. Maybe. 
I mean, there's nothing, there's not, not a whole lot about it that dates it, aside from no. the music. Yeah. You know, there's, there's not, it's, it's not a story that's dependent on tech. It's still kind of a pretty universal story. I'd be curious to see how, how your how your tech uh, digs it. Um, last but not least, and apparently this was a hard question, what is a movie you dig, but very few people have heard of? It was because I don't watch a lot of like little tiny like go further things. down the go go further down but, the rabbit hole, um, man. But so when I was looking at it, I was like, okay, well, what's something recent that not many people have seen? And I actually settled on one. I think you saw it, Tiff, as well. Um, the weekend. Oh, the weekend. Because when I looked it up, not many people no, actually had reviewed I, this movie and seen it, and I don't think it has had any release yet. So no, I'm not sure whether tell Tiff was the movie. only. I think it's still. I think it's still coming. I hope so. I hope um, people get a chance to see this film. But because t- yeah, so talk it up a little bit. Tell people what it's about. Who's in it? It's kind of like. I don't want to use his name, but I did in my review anyways. So it's very like Woody Allen-esque um, in the way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, really, like a group of people kind of away for a weekend. Um, I think it's her mother's. Yep. B and B. Yeah. I don't even know if you need to know that much more about it. It's people talking and people like going through different phases of their lives and working through stuff and it's just people and well, it's so great well, what i will add to that is it's by a director named stella maggie who also directed another movie that yeah. not enough people have seen called gina, gina the, the joneses, joneses. Yeah. and it stars shasir zameda who used to be on saturday SNL. live yep. um she is the, so this weekend that takes place. She's fantastic. In this she's movie. she's amazing in this movie. Yeah. She's she's like whip smart. Her yeah. her eyes tell so many stories that just the and script. She, and she plays a stand up comedian. Yes. in the film. Yes. So yeah. th- that plays to her strengths, yes. but not to diminish the fact that um, she was. Great. And during during this weekend, um, she is at this bed and breakfast. She thinks that she's going with her friend, who also happens to be her ex. The thing is, the guy takes his new partner along, so it becomes... Awkwardness this, ensues. Yeah, and then a fourth person joins the B&B, uh, just, you know, he had booked a weekend. So it's kind of this foursome that have these interesting dynamics to go back and forth. That's a good one. Yeah, I don't know if that's ever actually going to get any kind of play. Um, I hope so. It was really smart. She she also wrote it. Um, Stella Mickey also wrote it. Yeah. Um, so... Exceedingly well written. Oh yeah, I um, love her writing. I love her writing so so beautifully so much. shot. Um, yeah, I had no complaints about that oh, movie. It's a great movie. I really hope that. Um, yeah, and, and I can. It's funny. Like I can. I can. I, this because this is one that I know. I can totally see why you like it. It's handsome. It's it's real. It's funny. It's heartbreaking at times. Um, that's a good answer. I like that answer. Very good. Nicely done. Um, yeah. See the weekend if if you can, folks. I'm not. Uh, you know. Or keep your eye open for it. Or Stella Maggie or Gina the Joneses. Um, Any of those things would be good. Hillary Butler will not <laughs> steer you wrong. Um, we are going to. And it won't be scary either. No, there's no <laughs> scariness in the weekend, unless you're frightened of pastoral. Um, we are going to move on to the new slang. I should say that um, we generally try to avoid spoilers on this show, but there is something in the middle of Captain Marvel that really makes it difficult to talk about the film without spoiling it. So we're not going to get you know, towards the end of the movie, but consider yourself warned that everything is fair game. Uh, we will be spoiling the crap out of Captain Marvel right after this. <laughs> uh, it's the new slang on episode 218. Come on back. Come as you are, as you were, as I-
Captain Marvel is directed by Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. It is written by Bowden and Fleck along with Nicole Perlman, Meg LaFave, and Geneva Robertson Duare. It stars Brie Larson, Sam Jackson, Ben Mendelsohn, Jude Law, Annette Benning, Lashana Lynch, Clark Gregg, and a whole bunch of other people. Brie Larson is Veers, a Kree soldier from the planet Hala, who's a member of Star Force Platoon headed up by Jan Rog. That's Jude Law. As our story begins, the platoon are sent on a mission to retrieve an informant from the Skrull. Those are Kree enemies who can shapeshift and look like anybody. However, in the mission, it goes awry and both Veers and a platoon of Skrulls happen to find themselves down on Earth in 1995 America. Soon a S.H.I.E.L.D. unit is dispatched and Agent Nick Fury, Sam Jackson, in case you've been under a rock, intervenes. When Veers goes looking for answers, she gets more answers than she expected. Turns out Veers was born and raised Carol Danvers on Earth and was a United States Air Force pilot long before she was ever taken to Hollow. Between her Kree unit, the Skrull soldier Talos, Fury, and her old co-pilot Maria Rambo, and her own memories, the question of who and what she can trust grows larger and larger as does what she'll do about it. Author Kelly Sue DeConnick, the Marvel writer and the person most point to as being the influence of Captain Marvel's ascent in this past decade, gave an interview this year where she said that Carol Danvers' defining characteristic is that she always has something to prove. She's a character who has been told what she can't do, often been treated pretty badly by the people around her, and always had to dig deeper and deeper within herself to show the world just what she's made of. Hillary Butler, pop quiz hotshot. <laughs> is this a movie that has something to prove? And if so, what is it? Oh, that's such a, oh, you're baiting me with that question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that was evident in the, the some of the reactions that have happened to this movie before the movie even came out with people bad-mouthing it and giving it bad reviews before it even hit screens. Some people love to hate things that they don't know. That's a really interesting point that cuts to the core of the actual plot of the movie is we hate what we don't know. There is a story at the center of this tale of the other. Right, And we go through that in our daily lives here in North America and around the world of blaming the other and hating the other when sometimes we haven't given them the time or the attention or Mm -hmm. the consideration. Um, I mean, it's sort of strange to see that all packed up in some candy-colored red, gold, and blue, (laughs) but yet here we are. Anytime some female-led superhero movie is going to come out, I honestly think that it's going to have something to prove, and I'm not sure when that ends. Like, I I don't think it ends if this does super well at the box office, which they are expecting it to. Mm -hmm. This weekend, it certainly didn't end after Wonder Woman came out, and everybody enjoyed that movie. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know where it ends, but of course it has something to prove. Yeah, I, I think that this movie, if it has something to prove, it's that you can tell a slightly more complex story. This is a rare podcast for me in that I'm sitting down to talk about a movie that I've seen twice inside of 24 hours. <laughs> I'm sitting down to talk about a film I've seen twice, full stop. I think that's only ever happened two or three times in 200 solid episodes. Um, certainly not twice in a day um, have I ever talked about it. 
And coming away from the first screening, besides the fact that my fandom was just like ramped up, Buzzing. you know, I, I'm a person <laughs> like I'm sitting here recording this show with three articles of Captain Marvel clothing on my person. I can verify this. Right, yeah. right. You know, plus, plus something that's on me permanently. Um, and I went into it just ready to love. Like my heart was just open and come on in and make yourself at home. Yeah. And even though I was, like, giddy as a schoolboy coming away from it, as you can attest, you know, with my big old metal bucket of popcorn and huge drink. That's right. Yeah. Um, there were still gaps that I didn't quite put the pieces together on. I'm like, well, I don't know about this, and I don't know about mm -hmm. this, and I don't know about this. And we'll get back to that in a sure. second. But I think the reason why is because everything we've seen out of this studio so far, and most of what we've seen out of this genre so far has been, pardon the expression, because it kind of comes up, a save the cat story, right? <laughs> Everything that we've seen out of the genre has been the world is going to end if we don't do this. And that's not what this movie is. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if this movie is out to prove anything, it's that we can tell very personal stories and slightly more complicated stories than just we need to win, otherwise the world will be destroyed. You know, if, if I'm answering my own question, um, I'm going to ask a stupid question now. You like this movie? I did. I loved this movie. Why did movie. you like this movie? Um, so, I mean, well, I've been, I've been pre-studying for this movie for a few months now. Ryan has You're been welcome. loaning me his comics, which I am very thankful for. So, um, which got me more excited about it. Mm. But I'll be honest, I get excited because when I saw Wonder Woman, to me, it sparked something in me that I was like, wow, I, I have missed seeing a female superhero on the big screen. Right. I didn't know that I had needed that, right. yeah. <laughs> but I did. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you, I'll never get tired of that. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure little girls growing up won't get tired of it either. No. So to me, it's exciting. I do want to prove that they can do well. Yeah. I, so I want it to prove something for me. Right. right. Um, and did it. I, I mean, look, people measure successful movies by box office numbers, right? That's just the way that the world well, no, works. But I mean, no, but you're, I think you're it, a critic. But I think like, it will. You know, at the end of the day, um, what all that matters for you as a critic is, was this movie rewarding? Like, is it was it worth your time? Yes. You know? So, and, and I mean, I specifically wrote about this is that, you know, and I hate to keep comparing it to Wonder Woman, and I think this will be the last time I do it. it Wonder Woman had that scene where she gets up and she walks across no man's land and... Like, I just had that visceral, like, oh, my God, reaction yeah. where I teared up. Yeah. This is not that movie. No. Um, I didn't have that same reaction, but it, that doesn't mean that it was bad. Yeah. It just means that that's not what it was out to do. Yeah. This movie is funny, lighter, more comedic, and it's not trying to, it's not trying to be that. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't dismiss the fact that it's still exceedingly important. Um. It's funny that you mentioned that this movie doesn't have that moment because I would actually argue that it does, but it was that that that, that was shown to us early, and there's a subtlety in it that really um, is what makes the difference. Um, in the marketing for this movie, they made a very big deal mm. of a little clip of young Carol Danvers, whether she's a cadet or a baseball player or a girl on the beach, 
getting up after being knocked down. Yes. And that originally in the movie, this the way this movie plays with her memories is it really keeps those very self-contained. I was actually sort of surprised how much of her memory is just siloed into two mm-hmm. specific moments. Um, so at the beginning of this movie, we see her getting knocked down and getting, uh, you know, getting her butt handed to her. In the in the late going, she is confronted about what she can and cannot do um, as a you know infused Cree soldier, and it's this moment of truth for her where she digs down deep in herself and remembers her getting up. Yes. And in that moment, I'm not going to try to quote it because even though I've seen it twice, I cannot remember what the exact <laughs> quote is. It's a rebuttal. It's I'm more than you think I am. It's it's a it's a much more succinct and Hollywood written version of saying, I am more than you tell me that I am. Mm-hmm. And it's said after this little quick one, two, three, four, five of her standing up. And what got me today, what actually really moved me today that I did not notice last night is that she says it with a, with a tear running down her cheek. Mm-hmm. And that to me is right up there with the march across no man's land because yeah, that, that would be the only, like... Because it's part. a moment of strength and defiance with raw emotion on display and saying, these two things inform each other. You know, I can show emotion and show strength at the same time and still tell you, screw you, I'm not mm-hmm. who you say I I am. Yep, and, and I would say, like, that, that was the only part that yes I think could compare it just to me wasn't because it wasn't nothing about Wonder Woman was subtle no there's a lot of subtleties into Carol Danvers yes there's um, a lot of subtleties in this movie yes and a lot of subtleties to this movie so so that is a, a much more subtle version it just didn't have the same visceral no. like yeah punch to yeah. me but I'm with you good yeah. <laughs> this is um I mean you know when I when I was saying that this is a this is a movie that de- de- decides not to be a save the cat movie this is actually like this is a movie about the search for identity, which I think is a really important story in terms of not you know like everybody certainly certainly for girls and certainly for women, but the search of who you are um, because people will lie to you, people will manipulate you, people will tell you that you're not who you say that you are, or people or you're lesser. Um, this is a movie that plays with gaslighting. This is a, you know, all of these are just subtle ways that people, and by people I mean men, um, are shitty towards each other and certainly towards women. And this movie does a lot with that. Yeah, it, it does. And at the same time, I think, I, it, as you said, I, I would make it clear that those things yes happened to women a lot but it's it's not just women this is a this is an accessible movie that i think she's relatable to most people yeah um in their life um we've all been told no probably multiple times <laughs> um, we've, all, we've all at some point we've, been told we're less we've all been told you know some version of you know the rejection that she's felt whether it was at the air force academy when they told her she couldn't be a fighter pilot um you know, whether it was she couldn't play baseball, she's, you know, crashing the go-karts. So it, d- it doesn't really matter. You know, as we grow up, we all experience those sorts of things. Um, and I think we'd all like to tell everyone we're more than. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we've... There's... The center of this movie is a deception. The center of this movie is a lie. It is the fact that she was 
taken into, like, she was basically folded into the Kree. She was folded into the Star Force and, uh, you know, told that they found her at this crash site and they made her a better weapon um, and that she's off to fight an enemy. And then the enemy comes and says, well, no, not exactly. Mm -hmm. You were abducted. You were told a complete fabrication. And we are your enemy because your, you know, your captors declared war on us. Um, You don't get a whole lot of touches of gaslighting in superhero stories you know i mean like it, it, just in in general you don't get a whole a whole lot of this is the big deception even i mean my one of my, my favorite marvel movies so far is winter soldier mm-hmm. and winter soldier has the whole deception that shield has actually been doing shit around the world spoilers for winter soldier um, i hope they've seen it by now really yeah but i mean this is this is much bigger than that this is a much bigger deception um that i think plays on some much broader themes and worked for me oh yeah absolutely and i mean even um i think even if you've read the comics it's they don't not, go to this in the comics exactly like, I mean, exactly this is, this is something that's not yeah really yeah exp- Lord. No, no. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy. <laughs> Which is good. Yeah, I mean, like you, one might feel a little bit of apprehension when they look at a movie, and in, you know, in case you weren't paying attention, I rhymed off five names at the beginning of the movie for at the beginning of this segment for writers. You know, yeah. when you get five, how writers many of those in, were women? Uh, four. Exactly. Four. Yeah, exactly. Yay. You know, uh, yeah, Bowden Perlman, <laughs> Lafove, and Gina Robertson Duare. Duare was the one who wrote uh, Lara Croft, which was just so-so. Lafauve wrote Inside Out and Incredibles 2. Um, Perlman wrote Guardians. So they, Marvel got a lot of top-tier talent on this. Mm-hmm. And yeah, got a lot of women in, into, the right, into the script process, which I believe is really what makes this movie I work. Think, I was going to say, I think you can tell. But that's the thing is, at the same time, when you get five writers on a project, there's really going to be this possibility for a mess. And this movie is not messy. It's got things It's that, not messy. I would it, argue the first 20 minutes for me felt a bit messy. Yeah. And that's why it didn't get a perfect score for no. me. Um, and I wonder how many of those were too many ideas trying to make their way into the fold. But once it settles, yeah. it's great. They're, they're pulling from like seven, they're pulling from a lot of comics, but they're pull, mostly pulling from seven years worth of books. They write a completely new story mm-hmm. and it's still got a really nice cohesion to it in terms of just yes. narratively. Yeah. You know, there are some, there are some scenes and some beats that are a little bit sloppy, but the overall arc and all this stuff that we're talking about, all this really complicated emotional stuff plays really nicely. Absolutely. Um, I've been and talking and some of the changes that they've made. Like what? Do oh. you, am I going to get too spoilery? <laughs> no, or too, like, comic booky? Okay, like, good good, good how, point. I don't know. You, you've been the one who's been who's been hitting the books the last few weeks. I don't um, I don't know whether or not, I mean, like, those things should be, like... Well, it's, it's crazy because... But they do change her origin story. They change a bunch of stuff, but yet at the same time, it all still it works. fits. Yep. You know what I mean? And it's, I wasn't angry that they'd done it. No, like, I mean, I, I think that people who have been religious readers of her story will still be okay with the fact that they've done me? this. Correct. <laughs> but I mean, any, any equals one. But I mean, yes. I think that like other know, like fans will still be okay with this yeah. because it, it does work. Yeah. Um, and they haven't taken anything away. No. And in fact, one of the changes they made to me, I think made it even more empowering yeah so but i just don't let yeah i don't know if i should go there we'll kind of go around (laughs) um 
so, you know, at the center of this movie, we've got Brie. Um, I know that you're a big fan of Brie. Uh, I am. How do you think she did in this movie? I think she was fantastic. From the first moment, that she, the first, like, frame that they show her face, mm-hmm. she is strength. Mm. She, she oozes confidence in this film. And it doesn't matter if she's wearing her Captain Marvel suit or her Nine Inch Nails t-shirt. I like that look. I gotta, I gotta admit that when it, comes to, when it comes to like a character design, I really did like it was fantastic. that leather jacket, baseball cap. Well, it's right up your alley. Well, I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> T-shirt, baseball cap. You're just like, yeah, I can, uh, I I can wear that. Like, really, I'm looking for a woman very much like myself, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Um, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, she just, she, she oozed that for me, unapologetically, mm-hmm. which was very key. She's a great choice in this movie. I remember, you know, I've been following this project long enough that I was wondering who they were going to cast as Carol and who they were going to hand the direction to. Um, So when they announced who it was going to be, there was like all kinds of names being thrown around. You and I were even talking about other people. Who did you mention that you thought about before? Well, you had mentioned Rebecca Ferguson. Yeah, I did. Which was... Which in a parallel universe, I I still want to see that movie. Yeah. Um, Did you see somebody or am I imagining? I don't remember. Okay. Uh, I'll try and remember if it comes back to me. Uh, I remember like when we were having the conversation at the time, somebody told me uh, they wanted to see Ronda Rousey. And I'm like, hold on. I was like, listen, if you're just looking for somebody to go in there and kick ass... Then yeah, she's your girl. That, that, that yeah, that, that sure she'll she'll do great. She'll she'll look amazing in the fight scenes and she'll look great in the suit. But I felt like the core of this character is not how hard she can punch. No, right? Like that, that's actually kind of the thing. Is the answer to that is pretty damn hard. Um, you can, but I mean, you know, to, to be fair, I guess lots of people could throw their hands out and look like they're showing, yeah. you know, throwing, you know, plasma yeah, out of their like hands, right? Days, yes, but. Um, you need someone with emotional depth yes. for this role. Yes, which we've been seeing out of Brie for a long time. Sure. Um, you know, everything, from, certainly from room Don't go to, too far back or you'll ruin one of my other things. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> um, she's, she's jokey, but she's not too jokey. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm not always crazy when people are smartass. You know, if, if I that, uh, yeah, which is which is crazy because I am myself am a smartass. But she has a way of, like, she's got a really wry sense of humor. She does, always with a smile. Yeah. And always with a twinkle in her eye. I mean, let's not forget, like, she, she's an Oscar winner. Yes. Like, you know, this is an Oscar-winning actress doing a mainstream superhero role. Yeah. And she brings a lot of that talent mm-hmm. to the part. And it makes a difference. And she tends to... She's got these great dynamics, whether she's playing off Annette Benning or she's playing off of uh, Lashana Lynch, or that she's mm-hmm. playing off, certainly when she's playing off Sam Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> she, she, they all bring out these different sides of her, which kind of give us this really 360 degree look at who this hero is, you know? It's, it's one of those things of, another thing that Kelly Sue DeConnick said is that the way that Carol is different than Captain America is Captain America will always get up because it's the right thing. Carol Danvers will get up because fuck you. Yeah. Um, and and you see that in this movie. Whether she's being challenged or whether she's got to dig deeper within herself, she always gets up, no matter who she's playing mm-hmm. off of, in for different ways. Um, I wanted to talk about the look of this movie uh, because... 
Bowden and Fleck are not who you would normally think of when it comes to this kind of movie. They, sure. they have Nelson. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bring, <laughs> bring me the people who did Sugar. Yeah. Um, this is something that I was paying more attention to today. Um, this is a handsome movie. I, I have not seen it twice, so I'm at a slight <laughs> disadvantage. Um, um, okay. Yeah, it was, and I would say like I'm not a big 3D person, but no. there were a lot of. I don't know if you saw it in 3D again no, today. 2D today, but IMAX. So yeah, so there were some aspects of it that actually did work quite well in 3D, mm-hmm. um, which surprised me because I, I don't usually go in for that. Think about okay, so I'm going to try and jog your memory. I, I'm going to I'm going to jog your repressed uh, your human sure. memories here. Um, think about okay, so, so for instance, as a for instance, think about her. Think about her memory sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what those look like on a big screen. Like, we've been seeing them on our phones and on our laptop screens for months. Yep. But think about seeing that derby race and that uh, softball scene and that beach on the big screen. Think about what, for me, is the beating heart of this movie is the entire sequence at Maria Lambeau's uh, Louisiana home. Yes. A little rural. Like, yep. this is amazing scene out in this back 40 that's just gorgeous yep. um, even just think about the settings inside at like her dining room table when they're when they're doing that and those and even uh, when she is talking to the supreme intelligence when she's talking to Annette Benning in those kind of imagined dreamscapes uh, even just the opening of the movie where it's, where it's like the remnants of that explosion like yes. that's the first thing we see is those ripples of wave yep. energy it's gorgeous. Yeah. You know, it's there, it's incredible to see that. There are some moments of very quiet cinematic direction in this movie which There's might which is which is very different than some of the big like bang boom like mm-hmm. superhero movies that we might be used to seeing. Yeah. Um because there's a lot that Carol has to discover about herself and that takes a lot of quieter moments. Um they all mean something. Um and they all and and you're right, they do look good we don't often see that family dynamic no um in a superhero film no i mean we've we've gone to this thing where in order to work these movies have to look gritty and dark and dreary and that somehow makes them weighty but meanwhile it's like no no no. if you can bring some energy into it if you can let a southern u.s field role behind these characters it goes a long way to making them feel a little bit more genuine yeah real. you know um i mean speaking of that scene that for me is the beating heart of this movie when carol finally puts the pieces together and learns who she actually is and what actually happened to her um she's got to confront it all you know she's she's got to confront somebody who she thinks is her enemy somebody who actually is her enemy is on the way and she has a conversation with her best friend um I don't know if you noticed or not, but 10 years into the Marvel Universe, there haven't been a whole lot of woman-woman conversations. Yeah, no, they're probably, like, failing the Bechdel test on that one. (laughs) Like, very, very badly. Um, I I can't get over that scene, and I don't know if that was just me or if you saw something in that moment of her searching for who she was and Maria being the one to ground her and say you know what, like, this is who I know you to be. Yeah, I mean, I think she had, well, she had 
two characters, not even just Maria, but her daughter as well, mm-hmm. that she clearly had an exceedingly close relationship with, yeah. um, you know, prior to her disappearance. So Monica also has a big part to play in that, and there are some very sweet scenes with her mm-hmm. um, as well. I love, um, I love the scene where she's, like, showing her pictures. Yeah. That, yeah, that I, that that got me misty. Yeah, really. that, it was it, that was that was a beautiful scene, but she needs those characters to root her in her past. Without without those characters, she would never would have figured things out. No, and and I believe this movie executes on that. It's it's one thing to put these things into play, right? Like it's one thing for this. There's other characters that we know of that haven't shown up into this lore yet. Oh sure. You know, it's one thing for the for Mon Spider Woman. We're yeah, talking exactly. About you. you know, it's or, or or Jessica Jones. It's one thing for this movie to like be able to tap all these characters and pull them in, but it's another thing to actually have them deliver. And I feel like that's where you know the 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 four women who were influential on the script and Rana Bowden as director really brought that into play is. Okay, ladies, this is what we need from you mm-hmm. in this moment. This movie's going to live or die on this conversation. Yep. And, and let's not forget, too, that both of them were in the Air Force. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, I think until the early 90s, women were not allowed to fly combat or, no. like, air like be fighter pilots yeah Maria brings that up because she says she, she says like we weren't allowed to fly missions so we knew that test piloting stuff was our best was chance the best of doing bet. some stuff and I, I I don't think that changed it even in real life until um, the 90s which it, to me just like blows my mind but they've both been beaten down yeah um, you know she's they have so much in common mm-hmm. that makes their relationship special even if Carol doesn't know it yet when she first comes back. Yeah. You can see there's an instant connection yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see it. They, she makes a little joke when she's sitting in the in their kitchen, I think, in their yeah. initial thing. And you're like, oh, yeah, somewhere deep in her mind. This oh, is yeah, feeling she's, yeah, comfortable she's talking, yeah, she's talking about They're talking about racing their cars. Yeah. And, uh, exactly. and Monica and, and um, Maria accuses her of cheating. She's yeah. like, well, since when is that cheating? Since it's to the rules. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but that's, yeah. Uh, it's great. It, it, it was the subtlety of that where you're like, oh, something clicked. Something yeah. clicked in her mind, and this is just such a wonderful, comfortable relationship. And you're, yeah. you're right. Like, you don't get, but I mean, you know, you, you don't get anyone's real-life friends out of, you know, the Marvel Universe, no. really. They're all superhero interlinked relationships, and yeah. that's what we usually see. Yeah, we don't see this kind of, there's a lot of humanity in this movie. Mm-hmm. And... Even just like unexpectedly from the scrolls. Yeah, you know? no kidding. <laughs> Holy crap! <laughs> um, you know we're full on into spoiler territory in case you haven't realized by now. But yeah, we maybe should have spoiled it. This sentence. movie has been sold with the scrolls being the shape shifting villains. When surprise, they are actually just looking for a home. They're refugees. Uh, they're, they're refugees, and it's the how timely. That, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, Ben Mendelsohn as Talos. I did not. One exp- of my favorite parts of this like, movie. I mean, you know, here's and and here he's set up as the villain, yep. and through the first half of the movie, he's acting as the villain. And whether he's in green makeup or he's just himself, he's actually better in the green makeup. Yeah, oddly is. enough, he he puts it all in his voice. Is still so very human. Yeah, you know, um, Marvel and also quite funny. Extremely funny. <laughs> Extremely funny. Um, it's it's in, that that to me is one of the things that I feel makes this movie work is. It doesn't have a big bad. I mean, it kind of has a big bad trying to take over the world, but not really. Yeah. It has. It, it has this deception, and 
you know, who we think is the villain is not actually the villain. The, the actual villains are doing their little complicated thing. It's incredible. Yeah, I didn't really see it coming. And even when it did, I still questioned it yeah. for a while. Yeah. I was like, mm, like, who's manipulating who? What's like, you know. See, it's funny because I had I, I was just going along with it. But you're right. He yeah. very well, he may be taking her on another lie. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think until I saw one part of that their journey together i was like okay now we're in the clear yeah like now i know he's yeah. okay yeah um but it actually took me a while so i can only imagine in her head mm-hmm. who do i trust <laughs> who, yeah and then that, again and that's another thing like again in that that one scene that i keep coming back to in the bayou she's you know a person tells her what he what he says is the truth and she's like well, why should i believe you i believe them yeah. Why? And you're telling me that's not true either. Why should I believe you now? I can't even believe myself. Um, okay, we've been waxing on a lot about a lot of the great things that make this movie work. Um, you kind of tapped on what are some of the things that you didn't think made this movie, like maybe held it back a little bit for you. You mentioned, you mentioned for, for me, honestly, it was just the it was just the beginning. Okay. I found it just a little scattered okay. and maybe a little disorganized. And perhaps that was on purpose because she's also a little scattered and disorganized in her own brain at the right. beginning. Right. But that first, like, 20 minutes didn't quite gel for me. But once it settled into its rhythm, I actually didn't have many problems with the rest of the film. The opening is really wordy. Like, there's a lot of information dropped on us all at once. Yes. Who the Kree are and how her brain is working. I'm not sure, having read the comics, whether that helped or hindered me. Because I was actually trying to keep up and compare it to what I'd read. And okay. I think at the end of the day, I just needed to throw that all in. <laughs> because it was so dif- like yeah. differently done. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, it's. I, I will say that... Like, I mean, that did throw me as well. That opening felt a little bumpy. I was worried. I, even, just, <laughs> even, just, even just the mission. Even just the mission that they're on in the beginning is muddy it's like wait who are they going to get and why are these yes. people? they throw in Agreed. another race of people they they they, they throw in like yes you know, these you the locals cre- yeah are... i know who the Kree are and i know who the scrolls are but then there's this other there's the locals who we're trying not to pick up yeah um and that's a little dodgy uh i will say that this today when i saw it the second time around that sails a lot quicker and i picked up on everything now that's cheat right sure. because you, what we're talking about is somebody seeing this what Presumably one time ever, yep. let alone their first time. Um, so you know, I, I, I think by the end you forget about that. Like if you're not like well, yeah, because, picking I mean, it apart, like the who ending, we are, but yeah, because the last thirty minutes of this movie are just pure joy. Yeah, right. It's 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 a it's a movie that's it's kind of a war story, really. It's a story about a soldier who's sure. tugged back and forth, but then turns into something really boisterous and really uh, empowering at the end. Yeah, and I think it's and I think it's interesting um, and I'm sorry I'm going to forget her name but the um, the writer of the early like Marvel uh, Captain Marvel stuff that you were talking about uh, the Kelly correct that said that you know oh she has everything to prove because by the end of this movie she's like I don't have to prove anything to you. Yeah. Um, and that to me was like yeah, yeah to get in there because yeah. she really doesn't. She only has to prove something to one other person who yeah. will show up later in the spring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is very true. Um, but yeah, I didn't really have too many other problems with the movie. I loved the cast. I loved, um, I loved the way it kind of turned everything on its head, like midway through. Um, I will say that I, I did want a little bit more of Carol's past life. Like, 
those glimmers, those flickers. Um, and, and I mean, it, it, that is really a, a, a knock on how this movie was sold because this movie was sold as she comes into it as a complete warrior. Like, mm-hmm. this is not an origin story in terms of a character gets power, learns how to use they do power, not and then fights. That. No. She comes into this story fully formed. Yes. Um, so, this movie was sold as this balance between the present and the past. I will say that, because, especially discovering that the past is kind of siloed into these two moments, I wanted more past. I would like, they're not going to be And I wonder if they're, sa- well, I wonder no. if they're saving some of that. Because Maybe. there's, because. Not, not to. This oh, doesn't give yeah, anything away, yeah. but there's a lot of time between this movie ending and the rest of the MCU. Oh, yeah. There's yeah, yeah. so there's a lot more time for her to, I think, explore that, depending on where they put her sequels. Sure, sure, and I and I hope so. Yeah. Um. It's I, I guess and and you know if I can say that a flaw is I wanted more of X. That's, that's not, great. Th- yeah, they, uh, that's a flaw that I'll. Take. I wanted more of the buddy cop comedy that is Samuel <laughs> L. Jackson and Free uh, Larson. You, you wanted bring more, it. You you wanted more Fury. You yeah. Probably, you probably wanted. I was gonna say you probably wanted more Goose, but we get a lot of Goose. Oh no! No, you're never enough Goose. Never enough. <laughs> goose is the cat. Says, by the way, if you haven't says, actually says seen the vet. Yeah. Yeah. No, is I love Goose. Your goose still your wallpaper at work. No, actually, he's not. I'm still waiting for my little goose figurine to come out, though, or to come to my house. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it's it was kind of funny because again, they they sold goose quite a bit in the marketing of this movie. Uh, so goose's role in it should surprise nobody, and yet yeah. it's wonderful. It's it's great. It's, it's fantastic. Not it never gets. I annoying. loved it. He was a scene stealer. Let's be honest. Yeah. Who knew Nick Fury was a cat person? I didn't. He may not be now, but um, hey, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, when do you get a cat in a movie? No, no, they're no. really hard. They're really difficult animals to like. I think have in film, and there were four cats that played this cat. Well, and the cool thing about it is, again, they, they get it in there pretty easily. Like they, they didn't really have to bend nope. the narrative to get Goose into this story. Nope. You know, it's just he was just there. He was just there, and he, then he was still there. He, onto, <laughs> he, he happened to wander onto the plane. He was a little stowaway. Like, all, right, all right, I guess he's coming around now. Adorable. Yeah. No. I, yeah. I, I you can't that. go wrong with yeah. more with more Goose. That's um, fine. Obviously, we could be waxing on about this movie for a long, long, long time, um, but I think. It should. I, I think it's. I, I really did try to think about this movie outside of my own fandom. Like I, I try to think about like what my mom would think about this movie, or I try to think about like what my coworkers would think about this movie. And I really believe that just as its own little movie, it does. It does work. Like it's people aren't necessarily going to have their hearts beating out of their chest the way that we do. Yeah. Uh, as as fans of of the the character in the books, but I I think that. In a world where every one of these movies depends on you watching five other movies, yeah, this one doesn't. This works very nicely as its own animal. Yep, it you is know? a complete standalone. Yeah, you actually some... do not have to have watched anything, anything else. No, I mean I did. Some things will I'm that mean. Nerd. Some things will mean more to you if you have, but there's there's no reason that yeah. you need to watch anything it all just else. Goes goes very nicely along. Um, so we end every. Uh, review here on the matinee cast with a souvenir something tangible or intangible if you could you would take away from this movie and keep hillary butler what would be your souvenir from captain marvel well he probably counts as a cast member but i'm taking the cat and i don't care because <laughs> he's amazing and i love him okay okay um i will catnap it i um i mean 
I, I've known what my souvenir would be from the first moment I saw it back in September, that quick cutting stand-up sequence. Um, everybody in the world needs to see that and just feel that inside of them. Um, when somebody tells you that you're not. I'm slightly like upset that they put it in the trailer though. I, I really wish that I yeah. just experienced that for the first, like here's one of those things where maybe they show too much in the trailer. That's, that's true, but still seeing it in context and seeing it on a big screen um, repeatedly, like yeah, that's the thing. I, it shouldn't have hit me at all. And yet, it's, uh, today, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It, it really didn't hit me yesterday. And then today I saw it again, like the second time in 24 hours, and it hit me like yeah. double barrel in the chest of that moment leading into the declaration. Um, it's great. I mean, my other souvenir would be Monica telling her aunt who she is, like going through all those photos. And here you are dressed as Janis Joplin. Yeah, that here one you was are cool. after you got graduated from the academy. And here, you know, like that, I, I love um, kids can get precocious in these kinds of movies. I love that Monica is just a ball of energy. I mean, Monica, just in general, I also love that Monica was the one to pick the suit. Yeah. You know, this is like. That was a cool sequence. Yeah, just like. I liked that. Yeah, here we have a story where one woman tells another woman who she is, one woman helps another woman pick her colors. You know, it, it wasn't like, oh, here's the blanket that you were, came to Earth in and we're going to turn it into your suit. Yeah, no. You know, just like, hey, let's go with this. Um, love it. Uh, we rate here on the matinee cast on a scale of one to four stars. Hillary Butler, what do you give Captain Marvel? I'm giving it a solid three and a half. I am too. Um, on first viewing, I as thought I said, you were going to go to no, four, Ryan. It's it's really hard for these movies to get four out of me. Um, really, really, really hard. Um, and it's close. Like as I said, structurally, there was that that moment at the beginning where it was just kind of dragging its feet. It's got an incredible ending. Um, but there were things that I would, screws that I would tighten yep. to get it up to a four. Um, but man, is it close. And as I said, as I watch it more and more, hey, I've got another screening tonight. So tonight? Like, tonight. Yeah, yeah. This, tonight. Um, yeah. We, you know, Ryan. We, right? I'm yeah. going on Sunday again. Send, 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 like send your that's... cards and letters. Um, <laughs> hey, what do you think? Let me know. Um, I've heard a lot of varying opinions on this movie. I've heard people who love it full blast. I've heard people who do not like it at all. Um, I'm interested in hearing it all. Uh, Ryan at the matinee.ca Twitter or at matinee underscore ca facebook.com slash darkmatinee. What do you think? Captain Marvel. We are going to flip the record over and play the other side right after this. Come on back. We're back. She's Hillary Butler. I'm Ryan McNeil. Matinee cast 218. We've been talking about Captain Marvel. We're going to flip the record over, talk about some further reading. Um, you said that you had one to get us started that I was tiptoeing towards. Um, get us going here. What's a what's some good further viewing after, uh, after Captain Marvel? So I thought of one today that actually really excited me. Okay. Born Identity. Because oh, it is so incredibly similar in okay. the way that it's structured. You have a guy okay. who's a... Well, a hero-esque, yeah. our, our protagonist, yeah. shall we say, who's already made. He's already, he knows his powers, he knows what he's doing, but he has no idea what his past is. Yeah. Um, and he has the same similar kind of amnesic effects that she does. Mm -hmm. And I found their stories actually when I thought about it to be very parallel. Very good, yeah. Yeah, because he gets glimmers Yeah. through the whole trilogy too. He keeps getting these, these 
um, you know, these these flashes of who he used to be. Yeah, not so much back to like his you know childhood like she does, no. but like you know he's he has feelings and you know tries to follow up and discover who he is and get gets clues very similarly to how she follows the trail. Mm-hmm. That's um, I mean the crazy thing is so you mentioned Born Identity. Those first three movies for me are perfect. Yeah, I kind of wish they had it just stopped. Yeah, I, I really wanted that fourth one, and then I saw the fourth one, and then I was like, no, I, are we they ca- should have are just we counting the Jeremy but, Renner one. No, I'm not counting. That's a that's a standalone. <laughs> I think that's that doesn't count. Chems, man, where are the chems? I need some chems. Yeah, but I mean, in the fourth one, they actually have like an, an encrypted drive, and it actually says in giant letters on it, encrypted, encrypted. and. I just, I, if my friend Dwayne is watching, he will laugh at that because we were just like, are you kidding me? You have to label it. Like, this is how we've dumbed it down now to this, to this level. Um, yeah, I wish they had stopped as well, but I think it would be really cool to kind of watch them back to back and see the parallels. I, um, yeah, I love, I love those first three movies that to me, like when it was a trilogy that used to be one of those movies I'd point to as like, this is a perfect trilogy, uh, a trilogy where each film got better as you went it was crazy because there was a director change as well the first film was Doug Lyman and then they switched to Paul Greengrass, Paul Greengrass yeah. for two and three and it was just such a different style right like Lyman is the guy he's most known for swingers and then more recently he did uh, Edge of Tomorrow um, I loved that movie I love that movie so much they're doing another one I know I right? saw yeah yeah which oh, is exciting Emily Blunt was another person who I thought of as a possible Captain Marvel I can't see anybody else now. Yeah, and I was going to say now. You know, but at the same time, I I, I can, in my head, I can sort of (laughs) see it. Especially just, you know, any movie where she wields a gun. I digress. Fair. Um, But, um, yeah, Greengrass, his look was so different. Yes. For for two and three. And I even love the way the assassin that they send out to bring Bourne in is somebody in all three of those movies. Because in the first one, it's Clive Owen. All like before they were somebody. The first one it's Clive Owen. Good memory. In the second one it's uh, Carl Urban. Oh yeah. Yeah, and in the third one it's Daniel Bruhl. Yeah. Right? It's it's crazy like who they send out to get Jason Bourne and how they all turned into. And I mean, I just miss Julia Styles. Like, I do. Come too. back to me. Yeah, we're. Yeah, we're <laughs> I miss Franka Patente. That was the thing. Like I, I loved in, in the first one. I was like, Hey, Lola, yes. how are you doing? Is, is your dog named after Run Lola Run? No, I didn't name her. Well, I don't know. I didn't name her. Maybe. Let's, let's say. Let's Lie say. Me. This yes. is a show about. There we go. Yes, Gas, gaslight is. my ass. Okay, just tell me. There we go. <laughs> um, that, that's. A, I hadn't thought of that. That's a really, really good one. And movies I just haven't watched full on in, in a long time. Good call. Um, so okay, I'm going to skip ahead to my second one. Um, I also went with the uh, deception idea. So. I am fascinated by the idea of gaslighting. Not in a I want to do it kind of way, just that it's a thing because I think it's a terrible thing. Um, and how the term, of course, comes from the movie, Gaslight. Um, we brought it up on this show back when we talked about Woman on a Train. Mm-hmm. There's Emily Blunt again. Um, but, so, so you know, the Woman on a Train is another movie that you could watch if you wanted to watch Gaslight Story, or Gaslight, of course. Um, but the one that came up for me was, um, you ever seen Dial M for Murder? Mm-hmm. That. A long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Not enough I that my brain can talk about it. But I, it. I, I, I should have <laughs> lose that in my memory of, you know, the fact that here's a guy, he sets out to try and get his woman killed because he's got some nefarious ideas. And after she goes through this assault, he goes in there and changes around the story 
And in talking to the police about it, he's like, oh, no, you don't, you're not remembering this. I'm like, that is dark. Like, that was just mm-hmm. kind of supposed to be this pulpy Hitchcock, like, you know, Alfred Hitchcock presents Saturday afternoon kind of type movie, not the really crazy stuff that he did with, like, Psycho and, and Vertigo and that kind of thing. And, I'm, and just when I think about it on the base level of a woman gets assaulted and then the story becomes her husband tries to convince her that that didn't happen, I'm like, that is just bleak as could be. So there's another movie that's not that great, but it's based on a good book, and I'm trying to remember the name of it, with um, uh, Colin Firth and Nicole Kidman, where she loses her memory, and he also, like, basically convinces her of a life that wasn't true. Um, the Railway Man? Never, never go before to, I go to before sleep. Before I go to sleep. I was going to say, never go to sleep before oh. I go to sleep. Um, the book is excellent. Okay. Um, a few years mo- ago now, like 2014. Yeah. The movie, I mean, I love them both, so I watched it. The book is better. Okay. But that's another kind of cool example that I kind of just thought of. Okay. Yeah. In I, that same realm. That's, I mean, it's it's a messed up story to tell. And mm-hmm. the unfortunate thing is it happens. Um, but it's, it's, I, it's weird because on the one hand, I like that we're telling these stories because it's important to talk about this. Show. On the other hand, I don't want to take pleasure in these stories they're kind of they're coming up a little bit more and more i mean overboard is a gaslight story (laughs) seriously right um what was the movie two years ago with uh chris pratt and jennifer lawrence where they're out in space passengers gaslighting yes absolutely yep so i mean yeah dial in for murder i think when you're talking about a a movie where somebody's convinced that something they know is not what they know that's a good one to go to Mm -hmm. um what else did you have for other movies go along with captain marvel um you know what i kind of went down like a a, after watching him in this movie at ben mendelson um Mm. quick so i mean i didn't love land of steady habits so i kind of just went straight through to rogue one you have a an awesome female protagonist in that movie you have Ben Mendelsohn is also in it. Um, it's in space. So, I mean, I feel like there's quite a few things that might work if you watch them back to back. Yeah. Here's a, I mean, there's a story. Again, there's there's a story with a, with a female soldier at its center. There's a story where the crux of it is this woman is telling us something. We have no proof, but yet do we believe her? Mm-hmm. Right? Um, that's... I don't know if that was what Whites and Gilroy were getting at when they wrote this script, but I think that that's a pretty cool piece of subtext to it of, here's a story that very few people can prove, and yet, should we believe it? Um, But yeah, Mendelssohn in that movie is amazing. Uh, Felicity Jones in that movie is incredible. I, I I like that we're getting kind of a new class of heroines yeah like you know and heroines who you don't necessarily see as fitting the physical profile um the i mean the other day i watched the remake of um girl with the dragon tattoo okay with right? claire with, claire with, foy no not that or, one sorry with the, uh rooney mara oh, okay. i do want to see that one i, yeah, I haven't, I, I haven't I watched great it things about it but i'm kind of curious just to see because i like claire foy yeah that's um, the spiders but rooney mara is like you know 
90 pounds dripping wet. Yeah. You know, and, and looks like if you like look just to see her, it's like she she's kind of done this thing now where she can look really cold and angular, but she can also look like this kind of like all American girl. Yeah. So I like seeing her as a badass. Same thing in in Rogue One. I like seeing Felicity Jones, who before this I saw playing uh, Stephen Hawking's wife. Yep. And looking very proper. As this, or playing Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah, like, or, you know, yeah, she, yeah. She really. But I mean, I'm, I'm more used to like if you told me she's playing Ginsburg, I would totally. You wouldn't get be that. surprised. Yeah. If you told me she's playing a renegade, yeah, you'd be like what? Yeah. You know, that's what I mean. Like, same <laughs> thing. Like you know, you tell me that Envy Adams is playing Captain Marvel, I'd be like what? But now, now I'm I'm seeing it more. You know, and not going with uh, just the the same five or like you know, um, I know somebody who wants more roles for Gwendolyn Christie. Mm-hmm. Right? And I, I love Gwendolyn Christie, and I do want more roles for her, too, but not every female warrior has to be six foot seven yeah. and look like they can break me in half. Yes. You know? So She I looks like, like she can break many people in yeah, half. Yeah, she does. Um, okay, so amazing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick up your, your Mendelssohn lay down, mm-hmm. and I'm actually going to steer the conversation towards another movie by Bowden and Fleck. Have you ever seen Mississippi Grind? I have not. It's so good. So I'm not going to be you're, good in this conversation. You got the Deadpool in Which one? Oh, Ryan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I know what movie you're yes. talking about. Yes. I just, yes. I never did see it, though. Um, it's, so it's, it's a story of... If it has Ryan, I'm down, it's, though. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's brothers... One of them is a compulsive gambler. Um, they're they're kind of on a, on a, having like a road trip thing. Um, it's got one of the best cuts I've ever seen. When they like, there comes a moment late where they have to decide if they should leave or if they should put everything into the middle and bet this huge gamble. Um, and the way the sequence comes together, I'm like, when I saw that sequence coming together, I'm like, I trust these filmmakers implicitly. With, with Captain Marvel because it's such a well-cut sequence. Mendelssohn is great in that movie. Um, Bowden and Fleck, they haven't done a boatload. They've done Mm-mm. Mississippi Grind. You kind of offhandedly mentioned Half Nelson. Half Nelson, yeah. Um, they've done they, some television. They've done some television. The they've affair. also done one of the best baseball movies you'll ever see called Sugar, which is all about um, a Latino player who gets drafted like in the minor leagues. It's, it's again, it's gorgeous. They make really, really handsome movies. And... I like them as a filmmaking team and like that this is now who the studios are turning to to make their movie because, mm-hmm. I mean, I got nothing against people like James Cameron and Zack Snyder and Michael yeah, Bay. Yeah, but I mean, and, they've, they've done and it. And Joss Whedon. Like, like but bring again, me a new, bring in, like, a new vision, the, right? Bring in somebody who's made a smaller movie. Sure. And they will give you something better because Captain Marvel is a very talky movie. There's a yep. lot of scenes where it's just people sitting around trying to figure out the next move. Yes, it is not fight sequence, right? No. To fight sequence. So if they've done that with movies like Mississippi Grind, with two brothers trying, you know, having their relationship tested time and again, they'll be able to bring it out of Captain Marvel for sure. Uh, did you have any others? Uh, the only one, I mean, was going back in Brie Larson's kind of mm. filmography to Short Term Twelve. Tell people um, about that movie. I feel like a lot it's of... It's been a long time since I've seen yeah. it. So I did put it down. But, I mean, she basically... I think she's working in, like, a group a home kind yeah. of for for young, troubled kids. Yeah. But she is just as troubled herself. Yes. Um, I didn't love the ending for her character in, in the movie, if I remember correctly. But, um, but it is actually, I think, what led her to being cast in Room, which 
yes. to me is still like just <laughs> amazing. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's where you get a feel for her emotional capabilities yeah. on screen. Yeah. Um, also in- interesting that uh, Rami Malek is also in that film. He is. Uh, <laughs> she's got a lot to do. It's it's kind of crazy because uh, she's much younger. Yes. In this movie than than we're used to her uh, now. She's twenty four in this movie. Um, she's playing younger than 24. Like she, the first, the first several movies that she did in her career, she was usually playing uh, slightly younger. Um, this was kind of her, like you said, like she. This this is how she got room. Yes, um, I'd say it's kind of like an indie breakout for her, right? Very like much. So that's that's where I think you might have first heard her name, probably. Like yeah, because before that, like she was doing some very very poppy stuff before that. Um, oh well, I guess she was in the, like Scott Pilgrim. Right. She's in so. Scott Pilgrim. Um, she'd done like she'd done like some little guest starring stuff on things like Community. She was. Uh, but this she, is weighty. Yeah, because I mean, like she she was also in um, Twenty One Jump Street. Uh, she was one of the she was one of the women in Don John. Um, apparently, but that's just it. She was one of the women in Don exactly. John. Exactly. So this was this, this was where yeah this was where crossing over exactly exactly. Um, and I mean, she, her character is dealing with a very um, emotional past in that film mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, it, she she has a lot to, to work with being, you know, coming to Captain Marvel now. Like, she's dealt with a lot of characters with really horrible emotional issues. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, and that's, that's yeah, that's what she has to bring. Like, yeah. like you said, that's what she has to bring to Carol Danvers, right? Is you have to bring somebody who's struggling with their own identity and you can when you can reach back to performances like short term 12 and room and experiences with directors like lenny abrahamson and dustin daniel critton you're gonna and you're and you're working with people like Bowden and fleck you're gonna get a better performance out of it um for sure i got one more which is it's kind of a cheat because i wouldn't have thought about it up until very very recently um but i thought about revenge of the sith Okay. We both brought Star Wars into yes. it. So, so exactly. <laughs> um, there is. I will leave a link for this in the show notes. There is a really good video essay by a gentleman who posts on YouTube called Pop Culture Detective, um, who does really deep dives into film and television um, from the position of its psychology and um, often its feminism or lack thereof. And he did a really great video essay on uh, the case against the Jedi Order, right? Like, we have all, as, as millennials and Generation X, we have all been raised to kind of shorthand Jedi as monks and stoic and, yep. you know, the, those who, the who know the way. Sure. And yet, what he proposes is the Jedi are actually a bunch of idiots who have... Who have taught their numbers to completely shut off emotion, which is completely wrong. Um, and the reason why I bring this up, especially with Revenge of the Sith and in relation to Captain Marvel, is Carol is continually told, Your emotions do you harm. Shut mm-hmm. off your emotions. You need to be yep. a better weapon. A soldier cannot roll, roll from a place of emotion. Which is why I love that that moment where she declares, I'm not who you think I am, she's crying. Uh, she's not crying, but she's got the, the, the tear going. Um, because 
we need to get to this point where we can deal with emotion. And in Revenge of the Sith, um, Anakin is specifically told by Yoda that his trying to grieve his mother and his worry for what Padme is going through is just something he's just got to he's just got to deal with it. He can't show it, can't dive into it, can't take some time and talk it out. Just shut it down and repress it. And we all know what happens with Anakin. It didn't work out so well. No, no, it did not. But I mean, <laughs> when you watch this movie from the point of view of here's a, here a character who from the point he was a boy was told, do not feel. Mm-hmm. This is what we get. Right? And how I love that that plays with Captain Marvel and how she's told over and over and over, deny your emotion, deny your heart, deny your very being. Mm-hmm. Um, I love And it. she's not just told that by the Kree either. No, no, she's told that by like everybody, yeah. right? Except, yeah, except for Maria, right? Um, it's strange because I, I thought nothing of those prequel trilogy for the longest time. Yeah, I kind of like erased them from my brain. Yeah, it's and and rightfully so. But I mean, when you watch when when you watch this, I'll send you the link too, and hopefully you get some time to watch it. But when you watch this essay and how it reframes this entire franchise, a lot of it falls at the feet of George Lucas, who, let us be honest, is not a great writer. But it's kind of crazy to think this thing that we all grew up with thinking is an absolute good. Same thing in terms of changing your perspective Mm -hmm. of who is really good. It doesn't really make a case for the Sith, but it says that this group that you thought was the heroes took a course that was just so wrong um, that I think really plays well with, you know, who are the heroes in Captain yep. Marvel. So I'm going to go with that one as well. That's my that's my other one. Hey, there we go, folks. A lot of talking. Uh, a, a, just so much to get into. I know. We could like, probably do a whole other thing on Captain Marvel. <laughs> we could. We really could. I mean, uh, you know, that's, that's the other thing I want to come away Especially with. Especially since you're seeing it again tonight. Correct. Three times. And, and send Ryan food or like a care package. I feel <laughs> send, like he send, might need yeah, something. Send water and vitamin D because I'm getting none. Um, it's, it's funny because I, you know, when we were, when a friend of ours was over for the Oscars, she asked me, had I ever seen a movie? When was the last time I saw a movie? Three times in a theater. Right, and I mm-hmm. really had to dig. I, I, near as I could tell, it hasn't happened for me in twenty years. Twenty years, not counting, not counting a movie that I see at Christmas time, just yeah, no, that every th- year. That yeah, doesn't count. That doesn't count. But when was the last time I saw something three times in theaters on theatrical release? I had to go back twenty years. La La Land. S- really? That was mine. Yep. Really? Yep. Oh shit. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying being part of supporting this movie um i this is a character that's kind of come along at the right moment for me and absolutely said things that i needed to hear and taught me things that i needed to be taught and i feel like what i would say like i you know i would never be the kind of guy who says the book is better or who says in the comics dot 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 (laughs) um just that in the comics they can explore so much more of her humanity that's the that's the crazy thing when she's actually out in space in the comics i kind of tend to zone out but when she's speaking with either her, you know, her teammates or her mentor or sometimes her enemy or her family, that's usually when I'm much more engaged. There's a reason why my Friday Carol panels are usually something with a thought bubble, you know, because I'm like the writing in them is usually so good. Uh, so, yeah, so, yeah, that, that's if in case people are wondering how this all kind of came to be that I was notoriously the Superman guy who's now kind of turned into the Captain Marvel guy. I'm not 
no longer the Superman guy. I he just, has not denounced Superman. Not at all. No, I still there's a lot of <laughs> Superman that I still carry with me. Um, I just you know I'm I'm tired of watching that origin story over and reading that origin story over and over and over and over again. It's it's hard to write that guy. Yeah. Um, not that Carol is easier to write, but just they're writing her better. That is episode 218 of the Matinee Cast. Come on back on Monday, March 25th for episode 219. We will be discussing us. You're oh, not going to see that, are you? I, I can't even watch the commercials. But like it literally. No, they're scary bunnies. <laughs> I don't care. I'm um, out. <laughs> I, re- I really want to thank Hillary Butler for coming by. Um, if people want to find you on Twitter, where can they find you? Oh, at uh, Pet Doc Hill. Very nice. And uh, where can people find your ratings? Uh, are you got your Captain Marvel review up already? Uh, it, I, if it's not up, it will be up either tonight or tomorrow, UK, UK time, since it's a UK-based site. So yes. yeah, that's uh, liveforfilm.com. Very cool. Uh, my site is thematinee.ca. For more audio content, you can find back episodes by going to thematinee.ca slash podcasting. You can find them on Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Blueberry, Apple's Podcast app, the iTunes Store, uh, also Pocket Cast. Everything gives you handy ways to subscribe for free and get alerts when new episodes drop. Feedback can be sent to ryan at thematinee.ca, Twitter, where I'm matinee underscore ca, or facebook.com slash darkmatinee. Any final thoughts, Hillary Butler? Are you, like, actually ready to see this movie again for a third time? Higher, faster, further, baby. <laughs> For Hillary, I'm Ryan. We'll see you at the matinee.